0: Welcome to Silvergrain Connection, the entire world of analog photography in a podcast. Hello, welcome to Silvergrain Connections. I'm Kara Schuller, the developmental editor of Silvergrain Classics magazine.
1: I'm Erich Stixbier, photographer and German podcaster. And I'm Marvin Elmorezajan,
2: the editor in chief.
0: We are here with Brian Ciminelli, who is joining us from New York. Hey, Brian, how are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, we are so much looking forward to talking to you. Um, You wrote a great article for us in our most recent issue of Silvergrain Classics. That's issue number 18. Um, we really enjoyed having you as a contributor this time. Um, I'm just going to tell our audience very briefly, you are a high school teacher in, and photographer. Um, your high school is in Long Island in New York, and you had a really cool mobile darkroom uh, project that you did with your high school students. But before we get to talking about that, I just wanted to ask you, um, how did you get started in photography?
2: Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think uh, I'm kind of a little bit fortunate. You know, my, my parents were really, really interested in photography growing up. Um, you know, my, my mom was big into, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever remember her not having a camera in her hand, whether it be at like our sporting events or, you know, family outings or, um, you know, anything like that. And, uh, my, my first camera was actually, we were just, we were just talking about it off the recording was, uh, a, my, my first camera was her Nikon EM. That was my first camera I ever got. Um, my father was big into zebra prints. We had the enlarger everything in our basement. And I kind of, you know, I remember being like six years old and being like, what is this giant? machine down here and him showing me how all the stuff worked and everything and uh then just like everybody else you know it kind of kind of caught the bug and uh, I've had some really incredible teachers along the way in high school we had a phenomenal dark room where I was uh where I went to school growing up and uh it just uh just kind of kept with me so uh yeah it's been uh it's been awesome I, I guess I'm I'm 38 years old I think I've been taking photographs for probably 30 of those 38 and uh I yeah, really enjoy it. Now I'm so glad that I get to share all the experiences with my with my students.
0: That is so cool. Cibachrome prints. Wow. I'm uh yeah, I'm assuming you don't do any of those these days since I think we only know of one Sebacrome printer working right now. So you're probably not him. Um
2: Nope. But not what him.
0: what yeah, what kind of photos do you make now these days?
2: Um so I, I think like I don't know. I had some really like I said my my teachers were great growing up. Um you know, like, um, I could tell you, like, Mr. Mr. Malley, my, my my high school photography teacher. But everything that I had done growing up was all black and white. So, you know, a lot of T-Max, um, a lot of Tri-X, um, and color had kind of, like, you know, it, I, I guess a lot of, like, really traditional darkroom teachers that I had growing up thought color was more of a fad and it was more about the black and white stuff. Um, so that was, that was photography for me. But uh, within the last few years, the encouragement of my wife, I've really, you know, kind of delved down the... The, the color film rabbit hole. So, I've been shooting a lot of color. I'm really loving the CineStill films that have been coming out lately. I've been shooting a lot of 800T. Um, I have a three year old daughter at home, so she takes up a lot of my time during the day. Um, so, a lot of my um, shooting is is at night. Um, and I like kind of messing around with available light. And sometimes I'll go out and I'll bring out uh, some. Um, Battery-operated um, RGB LED light panels to cast some cool illuminations on things, um, but yeah, I'm just—I'm a guy who just kind of like—I—I I, I just love having my camera in my hand. I love being creative with it and having fun with it. Um, I'm not a people shooter. I like shooting places and things and objects. Um, I always tell my students when I'm when I'm taking pictures, it's more about trying to capture a mood more than it is about you know um, capturing people or anything like that. I want people to kind of. Um, get a feeling when they look at my work. Um, and, and that's kind of where I've been at lately. Um, and again, that's been more of just uh, personal taste, but also just necessity, just the times that I've been able to shoot and get out. So it's uh, it's been fun. It's been a really cool last couple of years doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, what kind of subjects are you teaching at school? Um, so we have, uh, our curriculum is a little weird, I will tell you that much. And um, you know, just kind of getting into the whole darkroom uh, here and and our process. Um, So I've been at Jericho High School now for eight years. This is my eighth year here. I was actually, for my first three years, I was an elementary school teacher here in the building. So I was just, um, well, in one of our buildings. We have um, three elementary schools, one middle school, which is, I guess, um, grade six through eight, and then our high school is nine through 12. Um, So when I got here and I I moved up to the high school, um, our photography program was kind of, stepping into a more digital world um the dark room is kind of petering out the film aspect of everything with things being so expensive and, and the, the price is starting to rise up a little bit kind of made some things a little bit cost prohibitive so our dark room when i first got here was actually used for private studio space for most of our ap kids with the exception of the you know rare cyanotype or anthotype stuff so um the whole enlarger was outfitted, uh, was, was built here at school. I wanna say that the, the, the most recent data that I can get is from 1968, um, and we had a lot of Omega B2 enlargers, um, some other Omega things that were here since the Darkroom was made. So a lot of the machines were in, had fallen into disrepair. A lot of my job to try to get the Darkroom back up and running was repairing those machines. So the first year that I was here was a lot of repair, getting everything going. Um, until we can kind of be at the spot where we're in, you know, now, which has been obviously, you know, interrupted by um, pande- the pandemic and having our school going totally virtual um, and then have hi- having hybrid learning. Um, but like I said, so because the darkroom had kind of fallen out of popularity for a little while, uh, a lot of our programs had went more of the digital route. So on paper, uh, and as far as the media department here in Jericho is concerned, we have Classes like um, we have media arts, which is kind of like um, an introductory to Photoshop and Illustrator and all those things, but more with a fine arts kind of focus, of so using those softwares for illustration um, and and other kind of like like fine artsy kind of practices. Yes, yeah, sir. So so we had photography one and two, which is our inter uh, our introductory level courses. Uh, photography three, which is like an intermediate to advanced level course. Then we have AP Photography and St. John's University Photography. Those are both college level photography courses that we teach here in the high school. And then we also have a graphic design course. Um, we actually don't have a specific film photography course here anymore. Um, so, what my job is, is kind of to get kids exposed to as many different types of photography and then I try to be as flexible in our curriculum as I possibly can. So we have students here who are doing a lot of digital work. Um, we have students who take up film and gravitate towards film and now once they learn how to do it, that's all they do, all of our projects, all of the topics that we do, they're doing all film photography, darkroom, traditional darkroom stuff. And then marrying that technology, we do have some students who love to shoot with film and then we have the ability to digitize and scan all of our negatives and everything like that here as well. So whether they're shooting black and white, color, um, we, we have some slide shooters as well. We can do all that here in-house, scan it, or use our enlargers to do, um, like I said, RA4 processing, your traditional black and white processing. Um, we have students who are experimenting with cyanotypes, anthotypes, uh, chloroprints. Um, it's, it's kind of a little bit crazy. Sometimes my head spins when I'm trying to figure out who's doing what and how they're doing this and whatever, but it's realistically the, the best thing for our program um, without having to cannibalize from somewhere else. Well, that's
3: amazing to be honest. Um, because <laughs> if a I huge just think, program, and, yeah,
2: yeah, and, and
3: and if you think about, I mean, maybe it's important to explain a little bit for our German um, audience because here in Germany we don't have photography classes. I mean, some at my time we had a dark room, but having really a program um, that
2: is really an amazing thing. Yeah. So I mean. I, again, I, I think I need to be just one hundred percent upfront and honest. You know, I I teach at one of the top um top public schools in the entire nation of the United States. So so we're a really, um we're a really accomplished school. Our kids are winning Intel finalists uh, awards for science and doing incredible things with math. I mean, there are kids here that are doing things that, you know, sometimes I can't believe that they looked at my high school transcript. I don't think they would let me actually teach here, um <laughs> especially with some of the <laughs> grades that I got, um, but. On top of all of that, we have an incredible um, community and administrative staff, not just at the building level but at the district level, who's so supportive of the arts. Um, whenever I need something crazy, I'm, I'm I always say, you know, I'm never met with questions of why. The only questions that I get is is what can we do to help. Um, so. And what we found because of the academic rigor of a lot of these courses and the pressure that these kids are to perform, and not only for themselves, but compete with their classmates and trying to get some of the top universities in in the world, Um, having some downtime during the day, whether that be in fine arts, whether that be in physical fitness, whether that be in photography, whatever we can offer, and we do have a tremendous different number of elective courses here, um, whatever we can help them to kind of just have 40 minutes just to unplug, not worry about the 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 academic rigor and just kind of focus on being creative um our school has been so supportive with that so like i said i'm I'm tremendously lucky and fortunate to be here um and and just being at a place where they're encouraging and supportive and 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 just want to see the program continue to move forward as you mentioned the rising prices um, who's funding the darkroom work so all of our darkroom stuff that we do here is um, all of our schools are allotted a certain number of budgets based on the you know the, the budget for the school so we have a budget that is for our entire high school art program so not only are we purchasing things for you know our, our darkroom but we're also purchasing stuff for our digital end of the program so like you know if we need new cameras or anything like that that' comes out of that same budget. But it also comes out of our studio art budgets as well. So, you know, I have very good relationships with a lot of the teachers that are here, and we get together and we talk about how we can split that money up the best possible way that we can, um, and make sure that our fine arts students are being supportive, but also our high school, our our photography and digital photography students are being supported as well. Um, But like you said, you know, things are getting a little bit crazy, and um, and however we can stretch things, we do. Um, You know, we use some budget level stuff and. Um, so, like we use a lot of Arista brand papers, Arista EDU papers, um, Arista EDU films, which is a FOMA pan equivalent. Um, and then getting creative with chemistry. You know, um, we have a vacuum sealer here that I use to kind of prolong the life of stuff. So, once everything's opened, nothing stays just air opened. We vacuum seal everything just to get the maximum uh, shelf life out of everything. And just being creative with that and, and stretching our budget as best as we can. Um, but yeah, so our, our school is fun, our program's funded with the the budget from the school. Um, but like I said, everybody loves film, and and uh, I I, I, equate, I equate a lot of the equipment now um, to kind of like pianos, where like I, I we have uh, last year we had nine um, we had nine enlargers that were donated to me for the program. And like I said, it becomes like, oh, my dad was a photographer, my mom was a photographer, and they're no longer with us, and we have all this equipment, and we don't want to get rid of it, we don't want to throw it out, but I don't know what to do with it, where can we go, and you know, that's when I try to find as many different things, so I do a lot of outreach in the community and talk to a lot of um, people around, um, so all of our machines have been replaced with all brand new, well, not brand new, but new to us. Bessler 23C2s and 23C3s. We have some. Uh, we have a Super Chrome Mega machine here that can do four by five. Uh, we have a lot of different Bessler color machines here. So it's really just kind of a marriage of both. Um, again, we don't publicly take donations. That's something that our school has a policy with. We don't. We don't like to do that. Like I said, our our taxpayers pay a lot of money to be here in Jericho and to be supported by our school. So stuff like that is uh, just kind of supplemented and uh, helps our program just a little bit. But yeah, no, we're uh, we're totally self sufficient and uh, it's it's. It's like I said. It's it's really special to be a part of.
1: The kids have to pay tuition fees, or is it just funded by state?
2: Yeah, it's just it's just state. So we're like I said, we're a public high school. So that goes into your regular, you know, our school taxes here for living on Long Island. You you have property taxes and school taxes. So anybody who's within our district, within the the uh, you know the you know I guess it's it's done geographically. So whoever's within our school boundaries attends Jericho High School. So those kids come here. Uh, otherwise, they're going out to a different school.
1: It's very fascinating because I think in Germany it would never be possible <laughs> to have something like that in a state-funded <laughs> school.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's except like we're we're are and and different schools have different things. So you know, it's it's realistically, I think we're one. we there. There aren't very many high schools left in in, in Long Island that have dark rooms. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, how how much your your administration is willing to support you and how much your your students want it and. uh and, and that kind of works together like that. And like, luckily for us, we have both of those things. Like I said, we have a tremendously um, supportive administrative staff and we have students who are just so excited to get in here and get their hands dirty and, uh, and get working. So that kind of stuff helps really prolong this program and keeps everything on the ground.
0: Yeah, but Brian, I mean, you're leaving out an important part of the equation there and that's you. Because I'm sure that this program <laughs> would not be having so much to do with film if it weren't for you and your passion for film photography, you know. And um, I think that just has to be said at this place that you know it's great that you are at a, a supportive school that can you know has the funding to be able to to help you. But um, I'm sure you're you are really a key part of of what makes this program possible. So um, don't sell yourself short there. Uh, but I think there's also um, this is a good place to segue into your mobile darkroom project, which is what you wrote about in in Silver grain Classics magazine. So, yeah, just tell us about that because it's such a, a fascinating idea. You know how it started, um, how you ended up making it happen. So, yeah, tell us about that. Well,
2: uh, thank you very much. And, and like I said, I I, I always when when when. I really appreciate the kind words and the comments and everything like that. But I, I, I always say that, you know, I I'm the lucky one here. Like the the kids that we have are so tremendous and, and they help me just as much as if not more than I hope that I help them. So I, I'm I'm just so fortunate to be here and do the things that I do and it it's great. Um but yeah, the the, the, the mobile darkroom, um so I think I I mentioned it in the article and I it's something that I'm we, we've been talking about just trying to grow the program. Uh, we, we're an elective course, so students have to sign up to take our program. So, and even if they wanna take our program, depending on the level, the number of courses that they have available in their schedule or um, some of the mandatory courses that they have to take, there might not be room. So our job it, here is, especially as an elective teacher or somebody like, again, we're, we're a non-required class. The required courses here in high school level in New York State are uh, mathematics, um, you have a foreign language component. You have um, science, history. Um, well, I I'm, know I'm, oh, English language arts, um, and then everything else can get filled in with elective courses. So we're one of those courses. So me and and, our, and my colleagues having jobs and continuing to do what we want to do here is all based upon enrollment. And the the, the hardest part about this dark room and. Is that you know? It's hard to share. Um, I can't tell you. I, I do so many different photographs here. I, I work on the yearbook, and I do um, a lot of the uh, you know. I photograph for different events that we have here, and we have students come down. We have a giant. Um, we have part of the room that we're in is a photography studio. So I'll have kids come down and shoot the you know to shoot headshots or whatever for like plays or whatever, and they're like, oh, what's that room back there? And I'm like, oh, it's the dark room, and they're like. Well, I've been here for four years, and I had no idea we even had a darkroom program. Just because kids can be so tied up in sciences or in histories or with mathematics that they don't make it to my end of the the, the, the my end of the world, so so to speak. So, we've always been talking about what can we do to get photography, get analog photography out of the dark, um, bring it out of here, get it out of this space, and set it up wherever we want, whenever we want. To kind of generate a buzz and get kids talking about photography, and ask their guidance counselors once it's time to start picking their courses to take our courses. So um, you know, we had kind of joked around about like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could just take the whole dark room to you know where we wanted? And uh, one of the big events that we have here is our course selection or our course information night or our curriculum fair, and that's an opportunity for all of us elective teachers to kind of go out there and and talk about to incoming students, to students who have been here, parents of students, and community members about all the different course offerings that we have and you know like I said we were like oh man I wish we could bring the dark room there and and that's where my gears started tinkering um, my father is an incredibly smart person and he is he can build anything he reads stuff and he can just do it and you know kind of being you know hands-on with that he's taught me those things so you know like I said and and, and having that mental approach to just you know anything's possible as long as you stick your mind to it. I thought you know we could definitely do something like this. So I had about two or three days to kind of figure out how we could get the dark room into the gym here at the high school. Uh, so we started looking around for things that we could use as far as light safe environments. We had talked about maybe with the potential about using um, some of the um, the plant pop up grow rooms and grow tents that we could use, but it just wouldn't have gotten here in time. So we had to build an entire structure, and uh, just I just so happened to have a piece of this. Half-inch uh, foam core board in the back of my room, and I was like, oh, "That, that's it." So uh, within three days, we went from just I just went from like an idea to this totally functional dark room. Um, that's great. It has a few little light leaks and a few little issues, but that night we were able to set up a mobile dark room in the gymnasium uh, and have I guess it was probably intended by, you know, a couple hundred community members and students who. Got to come in. We invited our students down that night to get to work. We had a we had a larger setup in there. We had trays set up in there. Um, the best part about the foam core was that we were able to staple right to the outside of the of the uh, the room, so this way they can kind of have their prints hanging and drying. But we were making test strips and prints all night. We were inviting community members to come in, and and I can't tell you how many times we were talking to uh, to parents about, you know, oh man, you know, this takes me back. I remember that fixer smell when I was in high school. I used <laughs> to love the dark room, and um, you know, we had them in there, getting their hands dirty, agitating trays, and focusing, and it was really, really, really special. Um, and uh, it's like I said, it's certainly a night that I won't forget. And and, and the, I think the best part about it was. Usually when we have this night, it's a lot of interaction with myself and our staff, with the parents, um, and them asking me about which course they can take and all this kind of stuff. But what was, the, I think, the most amazing part about the whole night was just watching our students who were there to kind of volunteer. And again, that's all, that it, it was all volunteer. They, they wanted to come down. I didn't have to twist anybody's arm. I was like, hey, does anybody want to come to the gym tonight and use our mobile room to to you know, to, to make some prints. And I had to turn kids away. I just had too many kids who wanted to sign up, uh, to do it. So, but watching those kids interact with the community, like, you know, when, when I was talking to one parent, they would jump in like, Hey, can I help you? Do you have any questions? What can we offer? Like, like you know, did you see this? You know, and it was just, it was such a special night and, uh, yeah, it was great. But yeah, the, the dark room was a smash hit and, uh, yeah, it's amazing what you could do out of a little bit of plastic and a little bit of uh, foam core. It was really, really special.
1: How old are the kids usually you work with, and at what age does it make sense to work in the dark room, in your opinion? Uh,
2: well, we were our kids are ages fourteen to eighteen, um, and as far as so so like you said, we have kids from, from like from ninth grade levels. They're fourteen, and they, by the time they're senior, they can get up to eighteen years old. Some of them are seventeen. Um, as far as when they should work in the dark room, whenever they want. I mean I, I, we have I've talked to people who have their, their you know their six year old daughters in there and 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 making prints and things like that. And I think the most important thing as a teacher is when there's an interest, you nurture it. Um, and it doesn't matter when that happens. It doesn't matter if a kid, you know later on in the year decides that maybe they want to try film even after that we'd already gone through it. It doesn't matter if it's you know, they're ninth graders and they want to try something a little bit more advanced early. Uh, it's my job to kind of nurture that because I feel like if, if you stifle it at that moment, you lose that potential to keep that kid in the program or even teach them something that they could be passionate about forever. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a good time. I think that time is when you want. And as long as you have somebody there who's willing to kind of get you through the ropes and, and show you what's going on, I, I think that, that that's the time. Um, you know, And especially now with YouTube, there's there's so much stuff. I, I tell my kids, and, and it's a really important thing, um, and I think that it's an important thing for for any teacher. It doesn't matter what you teach. But I'll tell them I, I understand that I'm a teacher and I'm up here. I understand I'm up here teaching you things. But I want you to understand that I'm still a student also. And you're gonna ask me questions and I'm not gonna know the answers to anything, and um, and that's okay. And we'll find it out. I mean, you know, there 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 are so many people out there who are smarter than me. Um, YouTube is an incredible resource. Um, different photography groups in Facebook. I mean, Karis and I met on a, on a darkroom photography group in, on Facebook. That's how the whole thing got, you know, our relationship got started. And, um, you know, there's there's such an opportunity to learn now with all the different technology and things that are available. There's there's the, the best time to, I guess, my answer to your question is the, the best time to start your printing is right now. It's right now. Well, if you're interested in darkroom photography, get going. Figure out what you can do. Um, you can work in a bathroom, it doesn't matter. If you have that interest, the information is out there that you can get started, even if you don't have somebody to walk you through it. Just just go for it, get your hands dirty.
3: I understand that you also teach digital um, techniques, um, how to use Photoshop or some kind of um,
2: editing
3: software and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, our, our school, we I, have, so, I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead.
3: The thing is, I mean, the, the thing is just, um, do you see any kind of difference, um, I mean, just for the development of the children? Um, is there something that analog photography or working with and, like, with film uh, in the darkroom, does that give anything to the students? I mean, do they understand things, or just is there a,
2: a different way of that helps them in their development? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean one of the things that i think and i mentioned it in the article a lot of people think that the, all of our kids today that we that, that are coming through our buildings and and kids that you in, you interact with on a daily basis are are so dependent on technology and, and everything and and yes like we, we live in a technological world now like you know things are done on computers now and and things are digital now and that's fine but but these kids are are clamoring for something that's real they want real experiences you know we we talk about you know, I, I give the example all the time. You know, When I go out there, I, 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 use, uh, I use Fuji cameras uh, for digital photography, and I, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm not a phone photography person. I, I have the iPhone 13 Pro with all the different lenses on it, and, and I just don't use it to take pictures. It's not for me, um, but when I go out with my Fuji cameras and I'm taking pictures of my daughters or my family or we're going out to an, you know, whatever it is, I come back with, like it, we could have been gone for an hour, and, and I'll come back with 400 photos on my phone, and I, and I don't remember taking a single one of them. Um, the big word that I use for my kids is is craft. I want them to be able to craft something, and, and and analog photography does that. It 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 slows them down. It makes them really think about. Hey, I I've only got 24 shots on this roll. Is this picture worth it? Is this moment worth it? Is my framing right? Is you know the lighting good here? Am I happy with the subject is. Uh, it, it really, really slows them down. I mean, I think that for 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 a lack of better of a better term, photography now with, with because of the mobile phone and because of the, the massive storage and data that's available on these digital cameras, a lot of photography just becomes like falls into like a digital waste category. I mean, I'll go out and I'll take I'll take 400 photos and I and I might get 10 or 12 keepers that I'm really really proud of, but when I go out and I shoot 36 rolls or even medium format when I'm shooting, you know anywhere from 10 to 12 images per roll I'll come back with like four or five p- pictures that I'm that I'm really really proud of and and while that doesn't seem like it's a lot I mean that that hit rate for the amount of pictures that I've taken is way higher than I did when I was shooting digital and our kids notice that you know they they're they're really wrapped up in that whole thing and um, and I don't know I mean you, you guys are all photographers and experienced with the whole thing there's something about shooting on film that makes Moments and memories seem more authentic. It makes it seem more real, and our kids notice that. You know, the the best part is like when I show them some of my work. Um, you know, and I do a lot of, like I said, I've been shooting a lot of color, and as much as I love getting my hands dirty with RA four processing, RA four chemistry has become harder and harder to come by. So a lot of the stuff that we'll do, and a lot of the stuff that my students love to do too, is develop film and then digitize it, um, and then use Photoshop and Lightroom and all of those things to kind of tweak and work with the colors, but. Um, when I bring film in and I show them pictures of things that I'm working on uh, because I think that's a big thing too is is sharing what I'm doing showing that I'm that I'm an active participant in photography not just a photography teacher but somebody who's actually working on the craft and and still working on practicing my craft and honing my craft Um, you know they always ask me oh what what filter are you putting on that? Is that is that on Instagram? Or are you using a Visco filter? How do you get those colors? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? And and it's like no, it's not colors. It's it's not a filter. It's it's the film. That's what that's what this is doing. That's, and they're like, Oh, well, do you do you have any more of that? Can I? Do you have any more rules of that? Can I can I try that? Can I do that? It's like yeah, whatever you want. You know. So yeah, no, it it does it it teaches them so much. And and the kids and and I think like I said, the best part about that is that the kids notice it. It's not just me telling them that it's gonna teach them stuff. It's they notice it and, and they're thrilled. I mean, I've had this student who's not even in my classes anymore. I'm actually, like I said, I'm, I'm actually talking to you right now from my darkroom in the high school. Uh, and I'm looking up at a. we're doing a lot of C41 processing right now. But I have a student who's been hounding me for about a week because she has a disposable camera that she's got, and she's like, you know, Mr. Sam, I'm not in your class anymore, but can I please come by? Can you please heat up the chemistry? Can I please get in there and do it C41? Can I please do this? Like, I have these photos that I just—I have to see. I have to see. So yeah, like I said, they, they're so—they're so excited about it, and, and it's so—it's so refreshing to see too. It's—it's it's, it's really great.
1: Do the students already have an interest in other retro or physical things like vinyl or similar beforehand, or at least afterwards, or does this really only relate to photography?
2: I don't know. It's like a weird world right now, right? Like, I mean, there's so much stuff that's like old is getting hip again. I mean, music cassettes. I think vinyl. Like <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, like I said,
2: I've had my, my vinyl collection. Uh, my vinyl record collection keeps growing, and you're hearing more and more bands that are releasing things on vinyl. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's growing anything outside of of that. You know, like I don't have kids all of a sudden. You know, dropping off their MacBooks and showing up with typewriters to school the next day but like they well they, they um, you should ask do.
3: Eric he's a typewriter fan <laughs> <laughs> they are really 30. really cool <laughs> um,
2: but but I, I am noticing that tiktok and a lot of social media stuff has has really has really blown film up and and that's I think widely due to the the popular it's really helping out our program. Unfortunately, it's helping other it's it's hurting other photographers because you know like a roll of Portra 400's gone from $12 to like almost 30. But and the demand is so high for things, but it's kids are aware of it, you know? Kids are aware of it and 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 like I said they they want things that are are real. They they want and 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 film does that. I I can't explain it and I'm sure you guys it's hard to explain either, but the difference between, you know, light hitting you know, emulsion and then you developing that and getting a picture it there's something way different about that same process but hitting a sensor and coming up with an image it's just not the same it doesn't feel as real as that and and like I said these kids these kids notice that they gravitate towards that and and they're so excited to do it i mean I've had more cam. I've had more conversations with students who have been looking to purchase film cameras and which film cameras should I buy over the last two years than I've had with this those like said same two years about kids asking me which digital camera should I buy, which is really really cool.
1: So the ratio between the students who do analog photography and digital photography at your school is increasing. For to uh, towards yeah, it's
2: definitely. Or? So it's definitely still digital heavy. Um, and I think a lot of that too like you know you you really have to fight to push through the whole instant gratification factor of digital um there are some students who really really embrace it and then there are some students who who you know struggle with it and the the, the time aspect of it I think hurts it and sometimes I would say the interest is universal but the practice is not I would say we're probably at probably still like Sixty-five, thirty-five, digital to digital to, to analog um, and again that's all depending on the project that we're doing some projects that we're doing are really analog heavy some projects that we do are more digital heavy um, you know we just did a photography unit on high speed photography so we were doing like those classic like uh advertising shots where you're dropping a product or something into a into a vat of water and getting the bubbles stuff like that and we're shooting with cameras here that can shoot anywhere from like 15 frames per second mechanically to 30 frames per second electronics so like that i'm not you know we're not blazing and you're doing that on film do that kind of stuff no 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 no, no <laughs> oh it's no. just kidding. no we're doing everything on, like that <laughs> well, like technically for that possible <laughs> for, yeah technically possible technically possible um like i said my i have my 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 go-to camera of choice is uh my nikon f5 right now that's my Mm -hmm. that's my favorite favorite camera and that shoots at a blazing i think eight aims frames per second so uh yeah it's a little behind that's that's expensive that's an expensive frame rate yeah it's a very expensive project (laughs) for sure for sure
0: (laughs) So, did you ever hear from uh, any of the other teachers at your school that the students notice some like cross pollination between, for instance, like chemistry and and the photography, the darkroom stuff?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the 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 cool part about our school is you know the any time that we have an opportunity to work at the interdisciplinary, we can. Uh, so later in the year, uh, I, I'm always hanging out in the chemistry room. They're always like, "What what are you doing here? You don't belong up here. What's going on? Why are you <laughs> up in the smart people wing?" <laughs> um, but whenever I'm up there, they, they help me out with things. Like, like I said, we just did some – um, we made some emulsions. They helped me out with some silver nitrate stuff. Um, but we're actually going to be working with the chemistry classes towards the end of the year. Um, usually in – our school year goes till the end of June. Um, and in the beginning of the May, of May is our deadlines for our college level courses. So that's when we're having all of our AP testing and our college level testing is the beginning of, of May. So there's a little bit of room in the schedule from the beginning of May to the end of June where we can kind of be really creative in our curriculum. So we're planning on getting together with the, uh, with the chemistry lab and doing some um, right now just talking about making our own emulsions and doing things and seeing what we can co- coat with different emulsions and, you know, trying things on glass with regular black and white um, emulsions and different things. We're going to gonna try some, some cool stuff. Um, I know we talked about maybe possibility of trying to do some like wet plate stuff. I've never done it, but it, that's never stopped me before. So <laughs> maybe we'll try some <laughs> of that things. But um, yeah, so there's, there's such a really cool opportunity and the kids are aware of it. And like I said, our kids are super smart. So like when I when we talk about like things like uh, you know emulsion processes and there, they're like, oh, is it, is it because of the reaction of this, this, this? And I'm like, yeah, sure, what, absolutely. That's definitely what it is. You, you, said it. I didn't <laughs> say it. you yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, no, they're definitely aware of it, and uh, they're they're way smarter than me. So, like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm t- I'm I'm punching way outside of my weight class being here. <laughs>
0: Well, I just wanted to clarify for our non-U.S. listeners that AP classes are advanced placement classes because not everybody might be familiar with that term. Um, So I think it's really interesting to think about these kids making photos, you know, after they leave your school as well you know, taking that with them into the rest of their lives. It's something that um, I just personally think is is such a gift that that they're getting um, through this, the whole intentionality of the process and um, yeah, everything we all love about film photography. So I'm assuming that these people are similarly eager to yourself to share it with other people. And um, I think you said you had some, some plans to do some community outreach, right?
2: Yeah, so um, you know we we've been in touch and, and trying to figure out uh, an ideal situation. Um, you know, this is the first year where we're kind of quote back to normal. I mean, I know COVID is still a very prevalent thing in our society and everything, but this is the first year where our, our, we've we've been allowed to go back on field trips. Um, we've allowed to had you know guest speakers come back into the building. Um, since COVID, things have been a little bit you know different. So this is our first year where we're kind of back to normal. So you know, like I said, we're very aware of, of how important the community is here. Um, and even the local Long Island community who's given so much to our program, like I said, these enlarges that they've entrusted to me, some of these family heirlooms that they've had that they've entrusted to me to now be active in this program. So we, we've we been talking with them. We're still trying to work out the logistics of having a community darkroom day. And again, my whole thing is get the students involved and get the students out there and get them front and center. So I, I don't want to have anything to do with it uh, the, as far as teaching. I want my kids to teach. Um, so they're going to be coming up. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out a way. Either maybe we're thinking about maybe park, partnering with the local public library or just getting the word out organically through advertising or emailing our parents. But having a day here on the weekend that our kids are, are, are working to take film, maybe digitize film here for people who maybe haven't um, seen pictures in forever. You know, um, One of the things that, that like I, I will never forget, we had a student here last year who, who moved here from India, and they had their um, – they had all of their belongings in a storage facility that got flooded, and all of the pictures were destroyed. But but fortunately, um, the mom had all of the negatives in the apartment. Um, so we were actually able to last year digitally scan, you know, dozens and dozens of photos. And uh, I I got such a big care- thank you. The, the mom came here with tears in her eyes. She's like, I haven't seen these pictures, in, in you know. 15 years since we've been here and I I can't thank you enough. And So we're thinking about having something like that for the community and and having them either bring in their color negatives to get scanned here or bring in black and white negatives for them to be here uh, in our darkroom and our kids to teach them how to make black and white prints. Um, So that's that's kind of our community darkroom day that we're trying to figure out the logistics of and just make sure that we can get it to be working 100% where we're gonna be. But um, actually, excitingly, today we just got notified of our date. Uh, We're gonna be going down on March 23rd. We're gonna be heading down to one of the local elementary schools here in the district and we're gonna be bringing the mobile darkroom and actually um, a Gundlach Corona C1 ground view camera that I've restored. Uh, It's a large format eight by 10 camera. We're gonna be bringing that down to work with a bunch of fifth graders and show them how to take some some pictures on this old school eight by 10 camera. Uh, We're gonna use paper negatives. We're gonna develop them right there in our mobile darkroom, in their classroom, in our classroom, and uh, use our phones to digitize those photos photos and turn them into positives after we get the negatives. Um, So we're really, really excited. We're gonna go down there with uh, uh, myself. Uh, Some administration is gonna come down and also five members of my Digital photography classes, or I'm sorry, my, my photo three class is going to be coming down to, to work with the kids and show them how to take the exposures and uh, use a light meter to read the light and set up the lights and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's going to be a really exciting day. And uh, we're actually going to be, that's going to be a program, the first of three uh guest appearances that we're gonna be doing for the other we're gonna be going to the other schools here coming up in uh may or june so we haven't ironed out dates for those but yeah so we're really excited I actually got that that information today so uh march 23rd it's gonna be a great day for our district
1: do you have a newspaper at school or any other tie-ins where the students can publish their pictures
2: yeah so we're we have um the Echo is our is our school newspaper um, but we are, we are so active in tons of different um, photography competitions and contests throughout the United States. Um, we're, like I said, we're a small department, but we do very, very well. Um, we're actually in a couple different contests right now. So I encourage our kids to get out there, whether it be through school competitions, um, as far well, as not school, but high school level competitions or open competitions, whatever we can do. But, you know, and, and they get super excited about that. Like I said, this is still very much like an academic heavy school so anytime that they get an opportunity to submit their work to a contest that helps boost that resume that they have for going on to the next level if there's you know their colleges or universities wherever they decide to attend they, they love to take that kind of opportunity so we have we've had quite a few uh national award winners here uh, regional award winners here for their photography and we have some incredible students who've kind of gone on to do some great things i have a uh, I have a student who's majoring in forensic photography, uh, forensic photography in Miami. Um, I have another student who's uh, School of Visual Arts, Manhattan, photography. Actually, two students, School of Visual Arts, Manhattan, photography, um, and another student who's out in Northwestern, learning photo, uh, who's doing photojournalism there. He was actually just photographing some of the men's college basketball tournaments and stuff. He'd gotten a, he got officially approved for a press pass, so some, of the, uh, a lot of his photos have been floating around in not only his school publications but national publications and actually helped him when he was here. Um, again, I by helped. I mean, just just kind of give him some advice here and there. Like he's an incredibly talented photographer and, and and does some incredible work with or without me. I think, but he actually does a lot of work for some different brands and things. Uh, he's a brand photographer some for some different companies. So yeah, our, our kids are always out there. They're always kind of submitting their work and and hustling and, and doing what they have to do to kind of get some exposure and and. Use their passion to help leverage their future, which is great, or, or help promote their future.
0: So I'm curious. Um, you had some really beautiful quotes from the students in in your article in the magazine. Um, what do the kids themselves say about you know what they love the most about the experience of you know film photography and darkroom printing?
2: Like I said, I think the thing that they love the most about it is the authent the authenticity of it. Um, and again, they, they feel so rushed, so much of the time. You know, there's always a deadline, there's always a timetable. They've always got a test, or they've always got a, um, you know, a, a paper coming up, or something's always going. You know, that something's always on their mind. Whether they're having stress from in school, whether they're having stress from external sources or athletics, or they're, they're, these kids are, are 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 so are so spread out and so thin in some areas that I think the thing that they appreciate the most is, like I said, just authentic the authenticity of of analog photography but also just kind of like the opportunity to just kind of get lost in the moment whether that be in dark room in the dark room printing or you know behind the the viewfinder taking photos i mean i'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one who's you know told somebody that hey I'm just going into the dark room for for like an hour or two i'll be right out i just got to make a couple prints and then all of a sudden you're getting a phone call it's like hey you, you've been gone for twelve hours. Are you okay? And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, something yeah, sorry very about that. familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, and and the kids feel that you know they get involved in here and and whether it just be you know finding focus or you know determining what area the prints need to be burned or dodged or working on their test strips or something like that. It just gives them a forty minutes just to be really really present in what they're currently doing. Be really mindful about what they're currently doing and not have to worry about anything else and, and just just kind of be and I, and I and I think more than anything I think that's the most important thing that we do here we we offer an opportunity for kids to just be kids to really enjoy their time to just not be stressed not focused on academics not focused on school just be focused on what they're doing with something that they enjoy and uh, just kind of unplug in for a little bit which is just it's it's so valuable and not even for them but but you know I I, I notice it for me personally like I said it's uh that sometimes it's just really really nice you know I, most of my photography I told you in the beginning that that a lot of the stuff that's at night you know and I'll go out sometimes at like 12 30 one o'clock two o'clock in the morning just to kind of be out there and be still and everything's quiet and you're just kind of behind the viewfinder and it's just a really really great opportunity to just kind of just be present and And I appreciate that, and I I know my kids do. Well,
3: that's what we hear very often also from our workshop participants sometimes when they say, look, I work the entire day on my computer, uh, whether for a bank or in an office, and uh, I don't want to spend my hobby also in front of a computer screen and uh, using software. So that's something like just getting you out of this digital world where you just um, do something totally different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's, it's just a break for them. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a weird, like, so, I, so I'm 38 years old. So I'm at this weird age where like, I'm very much connected to like, like, I remember when film was the primary source of, of image capturing, you know, and I'm very, I was, I was actually just talking today with, with one of my principals about, um, we, we were actually talking with our Macs are probably, we have a, we have a Mac lab out in front where we do all of our work, all of our, our, our digital processing and photoshopping and stuff and we were talking about how it's it's, it's coming time for an upgrade uh, but I was laughing I was like you know these these machines are aren't that old and you know they're still very very capable but I remembered when I was in second grade it was it was um, my father came home and he was like he brought he came home with a, with a Packard Bell computer they don't even make those anymore <laughs> Yeah, but Packard he, Bell <laughs> he, 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 yeah and he was like Brian this computer has one gigabyte of space in it do you know what that means and i was like i, like I said i'm in second grade i was like no I don't, I don't know. he's like you will never fill this hard drive up in your entire life he's like they sent men to the moon with eight megabytes of space on the space shuttle you'll never fill this up you know so I'm in this weird point in my life where I'm, I'm very much connected to today's technology and very much inundated with the Macs and stuff, but very much aware of how it used to be before we were so computer heavy. Um, and it's weird, you know, my my kids have no idea, like, what, what film is or anything like that. So, um, I it, it, they do appreciate all this stuff and it's it's almost like it's like a it's almost like a time machine just being on the opportunity for them like it's something that i take for granted and it's something that's like yeah of course this is how we used to do it but they never did it and even in some cases their parents might never have done it you know which is just which is totally wild um <laughs> yeah it's it's so cool they, they they so appreciate it and they just so appreciate not being plugged in and whether it be on their ipads all day i mean we we, we are a very heavy tech district you know kids are walking around here not taking notes on notebooks, they're taking notes on their Macs, they're taking notes on their iPads. A lot of the work is handed in digitally. So yeah, just to kind of get away from that computer for five minutes, for 40 minutes. Uh, Our classes are 40 minutes long. Get away for just 40 minutes. you know it's big i i can't tell you how many times kids come in here when they have a free period that maybe their their teacher was absent they have a sub they got a pass they're coming into the dark room they're on lunch they have a lunch period instead of eat they'll 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 come to my classroom scarf down a sandwich and then get into the dark room you know they they really value their time just to not be connected for 5 minutes and it's it's really cool
0: that seems like a really great thing to to wrap on and um it's been such a joy to talk to you brian i'm so happy that you were our guest on the podcast because um you're it's just such a genuine enthusiasm that you have for film it really shines through and i've loved hearing all the stories and um Yeah, hearing that you are passing all that passion along to the kids. And um, we like to hear that there are new film photographers coming up and the next generation and all that. So um, thanks so much for, for telling us about all that.
2: No, like I said, it's it's been totally my pleasure, and our kids have been so geeked out every the time, ever since they heard about the, the the possibility of this article and having their names in it and everything. So it's it's been such a great thing, and I and I can't thank you guys enough. It's it's really been such a joy and such an honor, and and, a, and an experience like I said that that I'll cherish forever. So thank Maybe you. so much. Maybe
3: we should uh, also think about uh, an update uh, in the future about your work because we also have a blog. Uh, on servergrainclassics.com. So, uh, if I just invite you or your uh, students, maybe just if they have some interesting ideas or if some of them or one of them has an interesting project, just contact us and we would love to publish it on uh, our blog.
2: Yeah, that would be incredible. I'd all, I'm always down to collaborate and get our students involved and get more eyes on what they, the amazing things that they're doing there. So, uh, yeah, no, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, I guess that's a wrap, and we hope everybody will join us next time for the next episode of Silver Grain Connections. Thanks for joining us.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.